Welcome to Come and Reason with Christian psychiatrist and author Dr. Tim Jennings. Together we will reason through complex issues to find evidence-based answers that harmonize scripture, science, and our life experiences. I'm your Come and Reason host, Charles Mills. There's a verse in the Bible that admonishes us to choose ye this day. So what are we choosing? And what are the consequences of that choice? Dr. Jennings joins us today via Skype to share his insights into how every person in the world will eventually choose for or against Jesus. I'm eager to hear what he has to say. This program is sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. Dr. Jennings, the time is yours. Well, Charles, I've heard my entire life, of course, Jesus' admonition that the gospel preached to the entire world was witness to all nations, and the end will come. Right. And evangelists and preachers and the purpose of missionaries is to take the gospel to the world. And many people have questioned, though, if everybody has to, you know, someday make a choice, how are we ever going to get everybody to know and, and make this choice? And so this is what we want to talk about today, how every person will make a decision for or against Jesus, but not in the way of the typical evangelistic mm. approach where they hear a preacher, hear about Jesus, make a profession of faith, and get baptized. That's not how, in my view, everyone will ultimately make a decision for or against Jesus. How they'll make a decision for or against Jesus is through whether they embrace and apply to their lives the methods, principles, and laws of Jesus, the laws of God, love, truth, liberty, and how they treat other people and live their lives. Or will they embrace the law of sin and death, the survival motives, me first, in the way they treat other people? Of course, the Bible verse that comes to mind is when Jesus himself said, giving the description of the parable at the end of time, separating the sheep from the goats and those on the right, he says, come, blessed to my father, inherit the kingdom for you, because when I was hungry, you gave me food, and when I was thirsty, you gave me drink, and when I was a stranger, you took me in, and when I was naked, you clothed me, when I was sick, you visited me, when I was in prison, you came to me, and they said, well, what, Lord, when did we ever see you with all these problems? When did we do this for you? And he said, assuredly, as you've done it, the least of these, my brethren, you've done it unto me. Okay. And then, of course, the ones lost, you didn't help me in all these circumstances. And if you've done it on a release, you've done it unto me. So as we treat other people, we are choosing, are we treating them like Christ and using Christ-like methods, thus establishing our character, the law of God in our heart, or the law of sin and death, the methods of the world? And what's happening in the world right now is putting many people in the position where they have to decide what method are they willing to use in the treatment of other people? Are they willing to use the method of truth, presented in love, leaving other people free to decide? Or are they, based on fear, based on survival, based on needing to protect themselves, willing to use the methods of coercion, intimidation, deceit, manipulation, punishment, bribery, anything necessary in order to get the other person to do what you want in a mechanism other than a godly mechanism. The godly mechanism is every person must be fully persuaded in their own mind. We leave people, we convert people, we don't coerce people. And so if we look at the methods of Satan being employed in the world, and then we look to see which methods are being employed in the world right now, first off, Satan is the father of lies. Mm -hmm. Do we feel like we're being told the truth consistently and openly, and there's a sense of honest desire to uncover the truth? Or is there a lot of misinformation being put out, and are a lot of people who come with 
challenging perspectives, questions, data points. And I'm talking not just true conspiracy theorists. I'm talking about well-credentialed physicians and medical providers who come with solid scientific data and evidence that question what's going on. Are they being given fair hearing? Are they having their concerns investigated? Are we doing true science to see whether their questions are validated or whether they're refuted? Or are we simply deplatforming them, silencing them, and accusing them of being a conspiracy nut. So what's actually happening in our society right now? One of Satan's next methods, because he has no truth on his side, and if you have no truth on your side, you don't want actual investigation. What you want is you want people to believe based on claims and proclamations. And so Satan uses the authority of office. The authority of office, and this is how the Dark Ages church functioned. The pope has said, the priest has said, the bishop has said, who are you to question the person in authority? And if you do question the person in authority, you're branded a heretic, and you lose your position or you're disfellowshipped or excommunicated because you've questioned the authority. In our society today, understand there's a new kind of subtle lie that comes through in much of the media today when people say, we follow the science, we follow the science, or he's a science denier. Question, what do you mean by science? And what you're going to find many times when people say we follow the science, what they actually mean is we are following the opinion of so-and-so who is the director of such-and-such an agency. In other words, we're following the opinion of a scientific expert, but the opinion of a scientific expert is not science. It's an opinion. It might be a well-informed opinion. It might be a well-reasoned opinion, but it is still an opinion. It's not actually science. And then if somebody comes along and questions the opinion of the expert with some data, some facts, some evidence that doesn't fit with the opinion, are they well-received? And is there open exploration? Or is what's happening in the world that that person is ridiculed as a science denier? And I've seen this in actual professional literature where anybody who has a question of the accepted opinion is accused to be a science denier because they're not following the science when they don't want to simply follow opinion. And so Satan uses the tactic of lies and he uses the tactic of the authority of office. We, according to scripture, are to be like the Bereans who once we hear the preacher or somebody present to us a idea, we are to go to scripture and check the truth for ourselves before we believe it. We're to investigate to the best of our ability what is being presented and reason it out in harmony with God's methods and principles and make a decision for ourselves. That's a godly method, and we leave people free. Satan uses other methods. Here's another method, the classic godfather approach. We will induce you with a bribe, or we will break your legs. Hmm. Take the bribe or have your legs broken. Hmm. Well, what's happening in our society today? Our government's offering bribes and incentives of very kinds. So well, you can have this gift card. You can have two days off with pay if you take a certain clinical or behavioral action, maybe take a certain medicine injected into your body that you didn't want to take necessarily. You're being bribed to do so. Or, and if you don't, well, then you're being punished. You're going to lose your job. You can't travel. You can't shop. You can't do this and you can't do that. Is this the method of God? It is not the method of God. And you see the same methods the devil used on Jesus himself. He tempted to deceive him by presenting himself as an angel of light and misquoting scripture. He was lying. He tempted a bribe, showed him all the various kingdoms of the world and offered them to him. Uh, we'll bribe you. He tried to deplatform Jesus by accusing him of being a heretic. He's doing this from the son of Beelzebub. He's the son of the devil himself. Don't listen to him. They make false accusations against him to ruin his reputation and try to deplatform him. And then, of course, they use 
coercion on him, the, the ultimate with the crucifixion. Yes. So we see these methods being employed, and each of us have to decide in our own life, are we willing to collude for the good cause? It's a good cause, though. The high priest said it's better for one man to die than the nation. We're killing Jesus so we can save all the lives in the nation. That's what we need to do. we got to save lives. Okay, so that's what the high priest said. It was, it was righteous to kill Jesus for that reason. And how many people are willing to force upon people who don't want it, rather persuade them and tell them, this is why it's best. Persuade me why this is the best. Righteous to do. Instead, we're willing to punish and force because we've got to save lives. We've got to save the nation. And I think what's happening right now is a conditioning of human minds to prepare them to practice these methods, these methods of coercion, these methods of intimidation, these methods of governmental control, of force, in order to save lives, to do something good, to protect, so that when the next beastly need or requirement comes along, the minds of millions have already accepted that these methods are righteous, and millions of Christians are being duped. These are not righteous methods to be practiced. And the Christian, while they may believe in the medicine and want people to get it, will not practice these methods to apply it to others. They will share with them the evidences and the facts and the benefits and the risks and leave people free to make their own decision. I like the fact that you're separating, Dr. Jennings, you're separating the the science and the facts from the methods. The science and facts may be righteous, like you say, but the methods may be off. Is that what I hear you saying? That's right. That's exactly right. Yeah. I'm not saying one way or the other on a particular treatment that's being advanced in our world today. Yeah. I'm saying that the methods that you advance this into a populace is by presenting the evidence and facts, being open to have those evidence and facts challenged, and then leaving people free to decide for themselves the benefits and the risks associated with either course they want to take. And I like that because I was raised in the mission field and my father was a pastor. I believe that we should bring that into our church. The pastor should say, hey, look, here is a better way. Here is a wonderful way. Here is a God of love. Here is healing in his wings. As opposed to saying, boy, if you don't get baptized, you're going to be lost forever. And this is your last chance. So you better take it. Is that what I hear you saying too? We are approaching the very end of time right now. Yes. And the beast of Revelation is rising. And the beast of Revelation is not rising to set up Satan worship cult temples. That's not what's going to happen. The beast of Revelation is going to rise to do justice. Mm -hmm. The beast of Revelation is going to come claiming that we must take these actions in order to save lives, to protect people. The beast of Revelation is going to incite fear in people. And so based on all this fear, the beast of Revelation is going to get people to say, these methods of coercion, intimidation, control, and force are righteous in order to save lives, but they're going to use ungodly methods and thus their hearts are going to be hardened and they're going to become satanic in character because they're going to treat people not with self-sacrificial love. Love, not with giving for others, but controlling and manipulating and forcing others to comply. I now know why, Dr. Jennings, you repeatedly on this program and in your books that I like to see there, they're available, by the way, listener, at comeandreason.com. In your books, you're saying that love is non-coercive. Love doesn't force anything. Love is an invitation. Love is a beautiful gift 
that we can share with other people and what God shared with us. We come at this thing pretty much on the wrong track. And love will set boundaries and love will restrain others from affirmatively harming. Yes. But love does not force other people to right. do what you want them to do. Well, so Dr. Jennings, as we face this present crisis in our country, what should be our attitude toward it? What should be our attitude toward what we see and hear in the media? How should we be thinking now? Every person should be treating them like you would your five-year-old grandchild. In other words, you always smile and you love them and you want what's best for them. And you take actions to protect them, but you don't take actions to injure or harm them. Or treat them like your 21-year-old grandchild who has the capacity to make decisions and you love and respect them. Well, that is beautiful suggestion here from Dr. Jennings today on our program. And listener, we have a website, comeandreason.com, where you'll find a lot of resources, books, and sharing tracks, and even a paraphrase of the Bible, a beautiful product called The Remedy, that helps us learn how to do what Dr. Jennings said on this program, how to love, how to find the right methods for reaching people and telling the truth in love. It's, it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. Once you grasp that, suddenly the fear is gone. The anticipation is gone. The danger is gone. Instead, is replaced by a commitment to God, a commitment to faith, commitment to knowing that God is guiding and God has good ideas and he's going to implant those in your heart. Am I right in saying that, Dr. Jennings? You're exactly right, Charles. All right, very good. Comeandreason.com is the website. Listener, I invite you to check it out. This program was sponsored by Come and Reason Ministries. And Dr. Jennings, always appreciate your words of wisdom and guidance. Thank you so much. Thank you, Charles. And listener, until next time, this is Charles Mills along with Dr. Tim Jennings wishing you God's presence in your life. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you for spending time with us today. To continue the journey, I urge you to visit comeandreason.com. Here you'll find many excellent resources to help you gain a deeper understanding of the God we all love and serve. That's at comeandreason.com. This is Charles Mills, along with Dr. Tim Jennings, inviting you to join us the next time we come and reason together. <music>